Welcome to another edition of the Second and Goal Fantasy Podcast. I'm Calvin, your host, back here with your co-host, Chris, the fantasy expert. And in today's show, we will be reviewing the first week of NFL free agency. The legal tampering period started seven days ago. Free agency officially opened five days ago, and we've already got signings of most of the top names. We're going to be covering 24 fantasy-relevant free agents on today's show. We'll be covering their impact in fantasy as well as their impact on fantasy players around them. And so this is, I mean, honestly, probably one of the most fun shows of the offseason, in my opinion, because it's like all new teams coming up, all new fantasy narratives coming up, so much new content to discuss. And that's why I like this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm really excited. Free agency, it just adds so many new different aspects to, to not only fantasy, but also the NFL and just all these different teams. It impacts so many players, and it's just really fun to see not only as a fan what your team does and how they're building, and then also um, just overall what the football landscape is going to look like. Agreed. We've got 24 names, like I said, on this show that we're going to cover. Um, we're, I'm going to get back to work on my rookie profile soon. Chris has already completed a few. He'll have like uh, I assume his own timeline for them, but the, our rankings, like I said, a couple weeks ago will mainly be done after the draft or 2021 rankings, but I will be getting my rookie profiles done before the draft, hopefully safely before the draft, but I've been busy, pretty busy lately. That's why I haven't been working on them, but I plan to get back to work on them this week, starting on running backs. So I'm already like a fourth of the way done with, because I've got the main quarterbacks already wrapped up but I got to just get into some running backs because that's very important for fantasy, but I'll be getting back into that soon. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. I guess let's jump in quarterback. We've had a couple of big quarterback signings already. Some of them are not relevant for fantasy. Some of them are two of them are mainly very relevant for fantasy though. And Jameis Winston is one of them. He has resigned a one-year deal with the new Orleans saints to come back with Sean Payton for another year. Uh, Ian Rappaport reported that Jameis Winston is the likely 2021 starter as well. And also Taysom Hill signed an extension. This isn't actually with free agency, but he signed an extension before the free agency period for four years, 140 million, but like all the years are voidable, something weird where like isn't actually as big as it seems. So this situation is very interesting. And I think whoever starts for the Saints will have value. But in my opinion, and Chris, you can tell me if you agree, the player who will easily be better for the Saints' offensive weapons is Jameis Winston if he's at the helm. Yeah, I, I mean, it's definitely going to be the quarterback here just because the Saints have so many offensive weapons. But, I mean, I think we're going to have a true competition here between Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill for that starting spot going into training camp. And I'm, it's going to be interesting to see because this quarterback is going to command so many weapons, so many players rely on their value, like uh, Adam Troutman, another young player, Michael Thomas, obviously, Alvin Kamara. We're going to going to be interesting to see how this Saints team kind of looks because the quarterback plays such an important role yeah I mean I think but I'd so I but I assume you agree though that Winston is better for the pass catching options just because he throws so many passing yards mm-hmm. yep all right so let's move on to another quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick who signed a one-year deal with the Washington football team he will compete for the starting job with Taylor Heineke and Kyle Allen and I think he's also another guy who will elevate the weapons around him. These guys are relevant. Not, I mean, I think Jameis Winston, Chris has him pretty high in his rankings right now. He could actually be a really like top 12 potential quarterback next year, even like that could, he could be as high as that. And, but Ryan Fitzpatrick, I don't think will be as relevant in fantasy 
Actually, I won't say that. He actually was relevant last year in Miami. I think he will be relevant, and he'll elevate the guys around him. Terry McLaurin, Logan Thomas, Antonio Gibson, J.D. McKissick, Curtis Samuel, who they just signed. All these weapons are going to be better with a competent quarterback at the helm. And, I mean, I'm not saying Taylor Heineke isn't. He'll have the chance to prove it in training camp. But Ryan Fitzpatrick is a guy who has proven that he can elevate an offense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm excited. They've got so many new weapons. Curtis Samuel, Ryan Fitzpatrick is a great quarterback. And, I mean, He's made a career out of being a one-year fill-in, so we'll see what he can do in Washington. Yeah, I think – what is your early prediction for him? If he starts, what do you think he can be? like? Top, I mean, like, I'm pretty sure he's going to start, but I think that he has – I think he'll be a solid QB2 in Washington. All right. Yeah, I think I can – I like that. I could definitely see him – if we know he's going to start all 16 games, I might draft him close to top 12. Um, but I, that, we'll see how that shakes out with my quarterback rankings. There are actually a lot of really solid quarterbacks this year. There aren't as many sleepers, but there are, especially with this free agency, there have become like 15 different quarterbacks at least that I'm really liking. So definitely wait on quarterback in this draft this year, especially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Let's move on to running back. The biggest news, which hurt my dynasty team. So Aaron Jones has signed a four-year deal. With the Green Bay Packers, meaning the Packers have officially wasted their first and second round picks from 2020. A.J. Dillon will now be sitting on the bench. He will be, I think, a secondary back who gets a few touches. He'll get more touches now that Jamal Williams is gone. But, I mean, that was the Packers say what you will about, like, their talent evaluation in the NFL. It's like Bill Belichick. It's so weird. Bill Belichick is great at everything, and he's terrible in the draft. It's like the same with the Packers. Yeah, exactly. That was it was kind of surprising. I thought that they were done with Aaron Jones. I wouldn't have been some. I would have been more. I was more expecting them to resign Jamal Williams and stick with them too with AJ Dillon. But uh, yeah, they went back to Jones. I mean, good move though. I I mean, well, I didn't expect it. I think that was the smart thing just because they get Aaron Jones and we all know he's a really good back. And this team is still they're still competing for a Super Bowl right now as long as Aaron Rodgers, Monte Adams, and and Aaron Jones is there. I think they're competing for a Super Bowl. So I think they made the right move here. And I'm excited. I think this team, their offense is just filled with fantasy potential. Yeah, I mean, I guess it just feels like the wrong move was drafting A.J. Dillon more than that the wrong move was signing Aaron Jones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Some other big running backs have signed. Chris Carson, two-year deal to the Seattle Seahawks. He's back. And... He's been, I believe, a top 15 running back in points per game in each of the last either three or four seasons. He is going to be a massive value in fantasy football once again next year. Chris Carson is just that guy that, like, if you're needing an RB in round three, he'll be there for you. RB 21 on fantasy pros. His highest is 16. How can nobody rank a back-to-back-to-back top 15 points per game finisher in the top 15 out of... uh, 38 quote-unquote experts who have already made their fantasy pros rankings. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, crazy. Uh, but I do – I think you agree that Carson's a value, though, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I definitely think he's at, he's at a solid fair value, and, and I don't think he's going to be anything great, but – and he's still definitely such a solid and consistent running back. Yeah, uh, he's, he's such a – like, I mean – what he lacks in talent, he makes up for with just his bruising running style, and he's a tough runner, which is something you like to see. This, mm-hmm. I mean, these first two moves are good for fantasy, except for A.J. Dillon's fantasy value. I don't think Aaron Jones' fantasy value was going up anywhere else. Even though his touches weren't the greatest, 
his efficiency is part of what makes him good. And if his touches go up, his efficiency is going to go down. So I don't really know if as a workhorse, he would be any better than he is now. Um, and he's been a top five RB in two consecutive seasons. You can't really complain. But mm-hmm. this move is awful for fantasy football. We've got two really bad backfields in the NFL. The Like just ugly for fantasy. The Raiders and the Texans. And I don't know which one's worse. Probably Houston. But Kenyon Drake has signed a two-year deal, and they paid him like $7.5 with the Oakland Raiders to presumably, I guess, back up Josh Jacobs. Chris, as a Jacobs dynasty owner, how worried are you? I'm, I'm actually very worried. I'll be honest here. And it's not because I don't think that Jacobs is – or that Kenyon Drake is somehow going to take over or something. It's just – I'm worried about this production. Josh Jacobs, who's not the best on a point-per-touch basis in terms of fantasy, and that worries me. He already wasn't much of a pass-catching back, despite being a very good pass-catching back in college. And the Raiders just signed someone that I think is really just going to take away from his passing value, definitely limits his value. And I do think his floor is still nice because we know he's going to get a solid amount of carries, and he's really good at breaking tackles. But I am a little bit concerned about his ceiling. I don't know if he can be great with Kenyon Drake there. Yeah, I don't think so, too. This kills Drake's fantasy value. I'm not going to be getting him next year. I do think Jacob stays the lead back. I think Mm -hmm. there's a chance people might overreact to this as well. So Jacobs is a fine dynasty buy, especially since this is a two-year deal. Maybe this uh, keeps some of the load off of his legs. But, yeah, I'm still probably – I might consider drafting Jacobs. I'll probably avoid him because I thought he was overvalued. Or Actually, I don't know if I thought he was overvalued in the first place, but – We'll see. I, it all depends on where his ADP lands, and uh, but obviously he's not the same value as he was before. Mm-hmm. Jamal Williams, yeah. like we said, or like I said, he's left the Packers. Two-year deal with the Detroit Lions to back up DeAndre Swift. And while this is a little concerning as the DeAndre Swift dynasty owner, it's not crazy concerning for me because here's the thing. What Jamal Williams excels best at, pass catching, is also what DeAndre Swift excels best at. And DeAndre Swift is one of the best pass-catching backs in the entire league. There's a reason Jamal Williams has been a backup for his career. He's not going to take... DeAndre Swift will still have the vast majority of... uh, Maybe not vast, but pretty vast majority of catches. Uh, And there's a reason that Dan... Sorry, what'd you say? The vast majority of catches... Yeah, I mean, there's a reason Dan Campbell talked about lining him up in the slot, using him all different ways next year, it, because he's a great pass catcher. He's going to dwarf Jamal Williams in reception. No, because Jamal Williams has been so incredibly good as a pass catcher. I think they're definitely going to try and involve Williams here. They will involve him, but he's he's Swift is definitely better as a pass catcher. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't mean th- that they're not going to use him. We see it so often where you have a second running back that's really your primary pass catcher. That's what uh, it's not going to be. Otherwise, they wouldn't have signed him. They you do see it often. They're going to let DeAndre Swift do everything. You do see it often, but that's when they're like a better pass catcher. Like it's not. It's like with Kenyon Drake and Chase Edmonds. Drake is a good pass catcher. Edmonds is great. Edmonds gets more pass receptions. Swift his like maybe his best trait is pass catching. They're not going to put him on the bench for where he's most effective. They might. They will some obviously. I mean, they didn't sign Jamal Williams for nothing. But he's a DeAndre Swift is a nice dynasty buy right now. I think he might drop in. So why um, did Calvin, redraft. Why did they? Why did they spend so much money on getting Jamal? I don't think they spent so much money. Let's look at up, up his contract. Oh, Two deal worth up to seven five million. Seven point five. That's not much money. When at they all. already had Carry on Johnson. 
Well, the Carryon Johnson was nothing last year. Carryon Johnson isn't anything. It's a two-year, six million dollar contract with a uh, one point two five million signing bonus, three point two five million guaranteed, average salary of three million according to Spot Track. But no, it's not. That's not a big deal at all. That's like a backup contract. The Raiders gave Kenyon Drake seven and a half million to back up Josh Jacobs. I'm perfectly okay with this. And honestly, it's going to be tough to buy DeAndre Swift in Dynasty. But in redraft, he was already going to go a little bit underdrafted because even, I mean, he's just such a great breakout candidate for next year. It's going to be even better now for people drafting DeAndre Swift. I'll be targeting him in redraft for sure. I don't, Kevin, how can it be better? It's better for his, uh, like, no, it's not better, obviously. He's going to, he should definitely drop, but people are going to drop him too far. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Well, see, I'm totally off of this idea that Jamal Williams isn't going to get the majority of the catches. What is he there for then? That's my question. Three million a year to get a few catches. You don't pay your guys three million a year when you already have Perry on Johnson under contract. I'm going to, I want to look at the running back contracts. Let's see. Spot track, running back, active player contracts. Actually, all teams. Uh, Free agent year, 2021. So let's look at the... Oh, wait, never mind. No, this isn't correct. Uh, where, where do I find it? Like, uh, I, I need to look at running back free agents. I'll, I'll give you some similar contracts for this year, which I'll, I'll do just stick to this year because the uh, salary cap went down, obviously. But, okay, Jamal Williams got two years, six million. Devontae Booker got two years, 5.5 to back up Saquon Barkley. Carlos Hyde got two years, 4.5. Mike Boone got... Two years, three point eight five. That's just, I mean, that's really. Philip Lindsay got three point two five over one year. Mark Ingram got two point five over one year. So he's basically being paid like Devonte Booker money, Philip Lindsay money, a little bit more than Mark Ingram money, more than Car- a little bit more than Carlos Hyde money because he's a better player than them. But he's not going to get the majority over Swift on a two-year, six million dollar deal. That's just my opinion, though. Uh, yeah, he's not going to get the majority, but he's going to be the third down back, and he's going to get more catches than DeAndre Swift. I don't think he's going to be the third down back, and I don't think he's going to get more catches. I think he'll he get is. some. He's going to be the third down back. That's what they're bringing in, him in for. Well, why would they take Swift off the field when Swift is a better pass catcher? Then why did they sign Jamal Williams? For a cheap contract to back up. or to, he, they signed, Why did the, the uh, Giants sign Devontae Booker for almost as much? Because Saquon's coming back from an injury. Okay, well, fine. Well, you can just agree to disagree, I guess. But that was a good debate. We'll see. We, maybe we should record this. Should I make, like, should this be one of our bold takes, like, in, when we do our 10 bold takes later this offseason? Mm, it's not bold enough. Okay, well, we should make, like, a take that is bold. Based I'll on write this. it down. Um... Yeah, wait, no, make, your, make one of your 10 bold takes that Jamal Williams will catch more passes than DeAndre Swift next year. No, that's not a good bold take. You don't think that's bold enough? No. And plus, it's not a very interesting one. It doesn't have much fancy impact. <sighs> Whatever. I think that's a bold take. Maybe I should just write it down for you. you. So wait, would it be a bold take to say that DeAndre Swift will get more than Jamal Williams? Because if so, I'll happily write that down as one of my 10. Not really. Anyways, we haven't really talked about this, if we're even doing all that stuff, so... Okay. Well, I think we should, though. I mean, it was... Yeah, we can bring it up. We can bring it up, like, next show, maybe. Not this okay. show.
but yeah, I mean, basically the what the, uh, the quick gist of what we were thinking about doing was basically, I think I've said this before on the show, but doing like 10 bold takes, one per episode late in the off season, and then recording them all and then playing them back at the end of the year to hear our own voices making a good take or a bad take. But yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that more later. Carlos Hyde, two-year deal, Jacksonville Jaguars. This is best-case scenario for James Robinson right here because obviously the Jaguars were going to add another guy. I expected that, and I still had Robinson as like my RB9, probably around RB10. I might change it, but I do think um, it's he's a borderline top 10 guy, and that's not where people are ranking him. They're ranking him as a mid-tier RB2, so he's going to be a huge value. Carlos Hyde is not a guy that I'm worried about taking significant touches from James mm-hmm. Robinson. I think I could see it like a Chris Carson scenario in Seattle. That's probably like a realistic scenario where Carlos Hyde gets like just a few. But I mean, Carlos Hyde didn't really hurt Chris Carson's fantasy value too much. Like this is in terms of adding a guy, like I would have been much more worried if they added a guy. uh, Maybe, honestly, I, I would have been more worried with Jamal Williams for sure. Maybe if they had added Kenyon Drake, that would have been really brutal. If they'd added a guy for like a timeshare rather than a more more of a backup role, I would have been more worried. And while I do think Hyde will get some touches, I think this is fine. And James Robinson is still a nice value. Mm, yeah, I actually really like James Robinson because of this move. That kind of affirms to me that they think he's their, he's their guy. Yeah, Carlos Hyde is not anyone's guy. He's a backup but who can get a few extra touches here and there. Wow, apparently there are some people saying that Kenyon Drake could line up at wide receiver. Oh, well, maybe he is a better pass catcher than Chase Edmonds. (laughs) Wait. Yeah, Calvin. There you go. Wait. Apparently, yeah, John Gruden plans to use him as a receiver. That's what they said about Kareem Hunt, though. Okay, well... Yeah, that's fair. But Chase Edmonds was also an. Ooh, oh wait, that's spicy that does for. Does kind of prove your point. That's spicy for Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs, dynasty. Oh, oh, John Gruden lies all the time. Well, not lies, but he he says stuff that it's like. He John Gruden said that yeah, last year. John Gruden said that Josh Jacobs was going to be more involved in the passing game, and then he wasn't. This might just be coach speak, Chris. Beware. But saying they're going to line him up at receiver. Mm, maybe this feels like a Zach Taylor saying that Joe Mixon should be back in a week and then oh yeah did you see the report two weeks ago Zach Taylor reported that Joe Mixon is now healthy (laughs) after the waiting for the entire year with him sitting on my bench and you wait two extra months after the year is over now it's like okay now if you want to be your fantasy team he can play this week Mm-hmm. Yep. Thanks a lot. Zach Taylor's like one of my least favorite coaches fantasy wise. Philip mm-hmm. Lindsay and Mark Agram both signed one year deals with the Houston Texans. There are always some surprising signings in free agency, but I really don't understand. I mean, I heard the fantasy footballers suggest that Mark Ingram might be like a locker room guy to support David Cully, who came from the Ravens, and see if he gets locker room support. And then they just pick up Philip Lindsay to just crowd this backfield. I mean, Philip Lindsay, I in my opinion, could like have a I mean he's he's a good player Mark Ingram and David Johnson are just so meh right now but that's like an ugly backfield for fantasy stay away if you're drafting any one of them I'm probably t- taking Philip Lindsay but I don't really like I'm I'm staying away okay sounds good 
Um, last deal, Marlon Mack, one-year deal with the Indianapolis Colts. I'm not worried, though. I mean, Frank Reich knows that Jonathan Taylor is the guy. He said Jonathan Taylor is the guy. Marlon Mack will obviously get a few touches because he can be effective. But, like, when you have a guy like Jonathan Taylor, you don't keep him off the field for, like, drives like they did with Aaron Jones with Jamal Williams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the Marlon Mack signing is really interesting. I mean, I was surprised to see that he's coming back. Let's see how much money that deal is. Yeah, it's. I don't think it's that much. It's like backup money, Jamal Williams money. <laughs> oh, yeah, one year for $2 million. Yeah, that's like Jamal Williams money right there. Wow, that's worse than Mark Ingram. They really got a bargain, though. Mm-hmm. Oh, Chris sent me a trade in Dynasty. Hmm. Oh, yeah, that's a great trade. DeAndre Swift for Jamal Williams. <laughs> Wait, I thought you said that Jamal Williams was going to be better. In the pass-catching game, but, I mean, I, I know. I'm just basically telling you that Jamal Williams is going to be better. <gasps> oh, wait, that's good. Okay, we lock that into your bold take, please. No. Please. That'd just be funny to hear you say at the end of the year. Oh, no, I'm joking. Oh, dang it. Why would I think that Jamal Williams would be better than DeAndre Swift? Why would you think that Jamal Williams would catch more passes than DeAndre Swift? Maybe we can also put down like five debates that we had. Five major debates. And this can be like, if you don't think it's bold enough, maybe this can be like a debate we had. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's Wide receiver! Bum, 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 bum. Daniel Jones' breakout season is on the horizon. The Giants fan can announce the news. Yes. The Giants signed Kenny Galladay to a four-year, $72 million deal. Only $40 million guaranteed, so that's actually nice because if he gets injured or anything, we're not guaranteeing him too much. I'm very, very, very happy with this time. Guy's got a really good receiver, and he's the perfect fit for Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones loves to try and throw it in these tight windows, and Kenny Galladay is one of the best tight window receivers in the league. His body control is incredible, and his hands are great. This is really just what the Giants needed. And Daniel Jones already was one of the most disrespected quarterbacks in the entire league. Everyone was like, oh, Daniel Jones is trash. When in reality, I mean, he's worked really hard on improving his decision-making. And obviously, a lot of quarterbacks do that and don't improve. Daniel Jones actually did improve, and then he got hurt. So nobody really got to see. But he cut down on the interceptions, or he cut down on the bad throws. He just threw it away when he needed to. He cut down on the fumbles, I believe, right? If I Am I correct about that, Chris? Mm-hmm, yep. Yeah, he cut down on the turnovers in general, two of his biggest problems, and he's a great arm talent, and now he has that wide receiver one kind of guy. I mean, here's the thing. People are saying like, oh, Kenny Galladay's not going to give a Josh Allen meteoric rise because Josh Allen was an outlier. Well, Daniel Jones is a better passer than Josh Allen was the year before Stephon Diggs, so I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a jump and then plays really well next year. The only problem with this is that now everyone who hated on Daniel Jones is now Going doing a full 180 and now being like, oh, breakout candidate, breakout candidate. Um, you, you've joined the train too late. We already talked about this earlier in the offseason. Mm-hmm. Yes, I love Daniel Jones this year. His values can be so good. Yeah, that's one of like really... my 15 quarterbacks that I'm really excited about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm really excited about him. All right. Meanwhile, Corey Davis got 12 and a half million a year to be a wide receiver one for the New York Jets. Trust me on this, guys. You know I'm right about this one specific thing, and it's telling you whether a play- – well, I guess I'm 1-0. and 
telling you whether a player is talented enough to be a wide receiver one in an offense. Juju Smith-Schuster was not. He got paid $8 million a year, which is hilarious because it was less than Corey Davis and Nelson Aguilar. Like, $8 million, that's pretty fair, to be honest, for, like, a wide receiver three. No, they, they definitely got – that was some highway robbery there. Not high – okay, I can see it maybe being a value. I mean, but less like, than Nelson Aguilar. Well, maybe Nelson Aguilar was just overpaid. Maybe you could consider that. Yeah, I think it was a combination. <laughs> maybe a combination. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I don't know. It's it's interesting because, I mean, obviously the Giants weren't a fit for Juju Smith-Schuster, and I was really hoping they wouldn't sign him. But, you know, people had talked about it. And, I mean, he really just fell off a lot of teams' radars. I feel like they realized that he's not that good. And <laughs> just the presence in the locker room and all his TikTok stuff, it just not very it's not really something that you want to have in your locker room i'm not mad at juju for the tiktok stuff and i'm like but i'm still very anti-juju just because talent wise like any everyone's analysis of juju comes with like oh the tiktok stuff and i mean obviously it's something that's like like to be i know like what was really the problem with that like i know he i guess he trash talked one of the like the browns it just provided a distraction uh, okay, I guess so. That's fair. I don't think he's like a bad guy. He, it's would you rather have that or AB? AB. You'd rather have A. Okay, that's a bold take right there. You'd rather well, have AB, AB right now. AB's AB frozen right now. feet than over Juju's TikToks. No, like a no, not AJ, not Antonio Brown. Like a few, like two years or like a year ago, AJ Brown or Antonio Brown now. But I, he's only not being like a diva because he's playing on a Super Bowl contender with Tom Brady, who he like exactly. So he's doing fine. Okay, but what about AB going back to Pittsburgh or Juju? AB's going literally to... doing nothing. So. Okay, would you rather have AB back in Pittsburgh or Juju back in Pittsburgh? Juju back in Pittsburgh, duh. But AB, <laughs> AB, you asked like if AB or Juju, which one would you rather have? And the answer is AB right now, just because he's. Okay, well, it depends on all the situation. Like, I guess you can't. There's like a lot of variables. Like, it depends if it's with like. Well, no, like you asked based if on if it's with the anti AB right as the GM, then it's obviously much of a lot, or it's definitely more of a locker room distraction than uh than AB is right now. Well, AB right now, yes, but I mean, I'm just saying. I guess that was a stupid question because it's like so ambiguous because it's like assuming that they're both in similar situations that you can't really judge how they do in it. But yes, I, I can agree. I can understand right now rather having A B than Juju. Mm-hmm. Corey Davis, and we were just talking about that, like I guess distraction wise. But Corey Davis is not good enough to be a wide receiver one for the Jets. He's a solid wide receiver too. He showed that. But there's a reason that he got drafted number seven overall and did not break out for five years with the Titans because he was the wide receiver one. There wasn't anybody else. And then with when AJ Brown broke out, guess what? Corey Davis broke out too. But he can't support an offense in that way. And that's why I kind of hoped the Jet. Like, this is not a good signing for New York. Robert Sala is rebuilding this team from bottom to top. I'm trying to remember. He signed Carl Lawson, which is a really, really solid signing on defense. Because they they got him. Like, they didn't have to pay full defensive end price for a young defensive end who has, like, hasn't broken out yet because he was with the Bengals who, who had, gave him, like, no support but he has the potential to break out under the right coach. So that was a really solid signing for Robert Sala. But Corey Davis, that's a mistake, in my opinion, especially mm-hmm. paying him more money than, like, Curtis Samuel got than Will Fuller I, got. I, I think it, I won't go out and say it's a mistake yet because I want to see how he performs as a wide receiver one. 
And they have other weapons, too. So it's not like going to be like teams are going to be able to double him every single play. They still have Jameson Crowder. Uh, they still have Jameson Crowder, um, Denzel Mims, and Corey Davis. Like, people way undervalue Jameson Crowder. He's a really good receiver. He's, he's a Yeah, he's a team. solid receiver, but he's not the guy that you need to give tons of defensive attention because he can't burn you. Still, but they're not going to be able to double Corey Davis every single play. I think he'll have a solid year, but I don't necessarily love this well, They're putting their best guy on him. That's I'm kind of sure. with you there, Calvin. I think it would have been much more beneficial to get like a Curtis Samuel. for, Or, well, I guess they went for a similar price, but... If the Pats don't trade, if the Pats don't trade Stephon Gilmore, he's got to play Stephon Gilmore twice a year. He's got to play Xavier and Howard twice a year. And guess who they're f- matching up on for most of the snaps? Unless Denzel Mims has a big breakout, which for yes, me, I, I know. I, I know we all like want Denzel AJ Green. That's the player I want for them. Oh, you want AJ Green for the Jets? Yeah, I think that would be really good for them to have a veteran presence. Okay. I could see it. They, he already signed with the Cardinals, but mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, for a young quarterback, that would have been my move. If I were them. All right, Curtis Samuel, three years, Washington Football Team. That's a perfect signing for them. He reunites with Ron Rivera. He, they give actually some support with with Terry McLaurin and Logan Thomas. Like you can't just dump it off to Logan Thomas underneath every time and call it an offense. This is going like, to allow them to take the top Thomas. off of defenses. You're going to really do much. What? I don't think Logan Thomas is going to do much. I think he's still going to be a nice security blanket for Fitzpatrick. I mean, maybe, I don't know. Maybe Fitzpatrick doesn't throw to the tight end as much. I could actually I see. I would be surprised if we saw the football team trade for Zach Kurtz. Oh, that'd be, I mean, I, I don't, I don't really understand why they need to do that. But I mean, I just feel like the main difference between this offense then and this offense now is that Alex Smith is air yards per pass attempt so bad. Ryan Fitzpatrick's so good. And Fitzpatrick is going to be throwing the ball down the field a lot more. But Logan Thomas actually is. He is a threat to get open on the second level, like in the secondary, get open downfield. He doesn't just have to be a security blanket. I could see a situation because, like, obviously Mike Gesicki was pretty inconsistent last year with um, Fitzpatrick. But he did have some good games. So I still think Logan Thomas is going to be fine. Maybe not as good as last year, but I understand what you mean, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but what about Curtis Samuel? This is a perfect fit for him, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I really like it. He's gonna have a great year with them, and Ryan Fitzpatrick is is a perfect fit. I think just this whole Washington—they've really done a good job of reorganizing their offense. I don't know if this is necessarily the year where they make the push because I still don't know if Ryan Fitzpatrick can lead them all the way there. But I think once they get a young rookie quarterback, this is gonna be a team that contends. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's skip over Juju and go to Will Fuller, who signed a one-year, I think, $8 million deal with the Miami Dolphins. And this is interesting. I don't, I think he'll be the one over Devontae Parker, but we'll see. It remains to be seen whether Will Fuller can avoid injuries uh, without his PEDs. I think he's probably suspended for one game next year, but this really helps Tua, I think, more than anything else. It's going to be pretty murky. I could see a Will Fuller breakout, but I don't know if I love his ceiling as much. I love where he is signed. I mean, this is definitely the best-case situation. You've got Tua Tagovailoa, and then that combination could be deadly. If he stays out of trouble uh, with the league and with injuries, I think that he'll be really good. Great signing by the Dolphins. Now they can really look to other players in the draft. I think there's going to be so much open for them, and maybe you see them take Penny Sewell. I definitely would. I actually, I'd say that I think they're going to take Penny Sewell if if he gets to them for sure. So uh, yeah, I'm guess, really excited with this Dolphins team and what they're going to be able to do because now they have that receiver lockdown. They're going to be interested to see. I mean, yeah, actually, as a one-year deal, and they got him for cheap, 
or I think it might have been eight or ten million. That's actually pretty good. I mean, I actually I'm gonna kind of come around. Yeah, my only concern is they still might be going wide receiver though, just because it is a one year deal. Yeah. Yeah, and then they they do have Devontae Parker though and Preston Williams, but yeah, it's possible. I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah. Um. All right. So Marvin Jones, two years, twelve and a half million to the Jacksonville Jaguars. A solid, solid deal for the Jaguars. He will complement DJ Chark very nicely and get Trevor Lawrence another weapon. I really like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I'm really excited about this signing. Ooh, um, Trevor Lawrence to Marvin Jones. I definitely like that combination. DJ Chark. That offense is going to be pretty good. They've got some good weapons. And that's going to make James Robinson even better. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, I mean, obviously he'll regress from last year, but people are like, oh, the touch share is going down. Guess what? Time of possession is going up. Total rush attempts is going up, which, by the way, Jacksonville was last in the league in total rush attempts last year. So, oh, man, his rush share was so bad. Or, I mean, was so good. That's going to go down. Well, guess what? That's going to go down, but the total rushes is going to go up. This is mm-hmm. going to be like the Stefan Diggs miss in the industry last year, where that's everyone's like, oh, Stefan Diggs. Oh, no, Josh Allen. But, like, that was me as well. And while Josh Allen was an outlier, I feel like we did learn a lesson from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and Elson Snagler, Kendrick Bourne signed two-year and three-year deals with the Patriots. The Patriots paid a lot for them both. That I'm staying away from that wide receiver core with Julian Edelman and Cam Newton at the helm. Then Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry at tight end. No way am I touching any of those wide receivers with a 20-foot pole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. A.J. Green, one year to the Cardinals. He's washed. He couldn't get any separation last year. I'm just thinking, though, going back to the Patriots receivers, like, what is their plan? What is their plan, like, for this team? To get Cam Newton some people to throw to? I like it as a team move, for sure. I think they're looking to get a rookie quarterback. Uh... Because they built pieces around. They what did they get? Cam back on a one year deal to be a mentor to their rookie quarterback and a fill in. Yeah, I guess it was a lot of incentives. That's fair. Yeah, I, I think they're gonna go quarterback here in this draft, and maybe they trade up. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I could actually see it. I I think this is probably to help Newton in case, or it could be to help Newton, but it also could be to get a quarterback. But this is I like these moves for the Patriots. It's just getting some solid guys for fantasy though. Ugly, ugly, no way. Patriots, no way. No, 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 no. I'm avoiding all of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I don't think there's much to talk about with AJ Green, but this last guy's interesting. Emmanuel Sanders. As a Gabriel Davis dynasty owner, I was really happy when they cut John Brown as also a John Brown dynasty owner. And now he's on the Raiders and he's like the only guy there, which is going to be really solid for like, because he's a good deep threat. Emmanuel Sanders, though, ah. I want to say I think Gabriel Davis is going to take over for Emmanuel Sanders. And because Emmanuel Sanders didn't play that much last year for the Saints. Here, let me look up his contract. Uh, while I do, Chris, let me know what you think about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Because this, AJ Green, I actually really like this signing. I think it's really going to benefit them. And I'm worried about Gabriel Davis's value. Cole Beasley, I'm actually a little bit concerned about his value, too. This wait, wait you said uh, it's Emmanuel though. Sanders that the Bills signed. Oh, uh, sorry. I, I, I was looking at AJ Green, and I meant to say Emmanuel Sanders because I do think that Emmanuel Sanders is still going to slot in and above Gabriel Davis, who's a young guy, at least for this year. And I think that he'll definitely compete with Cole Be- Beasley for some of the work. People forget how good Emmanuel Sanders was two years ago. I think that he could have a really solid season with a good quarterback. That $6 million deal is not 
Very fun to look at. It's concerning. Maybe Gabriel Davis may still be a year away or never, but he's a good player. He'll find his way on the field, but he's not really going to be a week-to-week starter next year. Mm-hmm. At tight end, what's Johnu Smith, Hunter Henry, four years, three years, Patriots, Patriots. But, I mean, to be honest, ugh. Some people really like this as like a Gronk Hernandez thing. Some people hate it. And I would say it's not Rob Gronkowski and Aaron Hernandez in this like New England Patriots offense. It's not going to be like that. However, if people are really down on these guys and they're like, oh, no, no future for these guys, they're a good buy low. I'm sort of settling a little bit somewhere in the middle. I don't know exactly where, but somewhere in the middle with these guys. And I did buy Hunter Henry really low. I'll actually read you guys a dynasty trade while Chris gets his analysis. Let me just pull that up. So, um, Chris, what's your analysis on this, though? I mean, it's interesting because obviously they have two of the top tight ends in the league. They got both of the free agents. I'm interested to see what the split is going to be here. Like, they both signed for a similar amount of money. And, I mean, though we've seen two tight ends set, like by the Patriots, there's always been one that comes out on top, and obviously that was Rob Gronkowski. I'm interested to see. I, in my honest opinion, I think this, that guy could be Johnny Smith with Hunter Hunter Henry as the more consistent guy. But we'll see. I mean, both of these tight ends are really good, and I honestly really like this move. I feel like it builds a nice foundation. And again, we're getting a good rookie quarterback. They're not going to get all these weapons and then sign Cam to a one-year deal and plan as him as the future. I think they're going rookie quarterback here in this draft, and they're really getting Cam as a mentor and kind of. Uh, is a one-year fill-in sort of, you know, as we see a lot with yeah. NFL quarter rookie quarterbacks. They sort of sit out the first year, maybe only play one or two games or something. I think that's what the Patriots are looking to do. Yeah, it's possible. And I do think, yeah, I, it's like they are good by low because what if the, what if the Patriots draft Mac Jones? Mm-hmm. Mac Jones, a player who never runs the ball in college, who's like not very mobile at all, but he's an Excellent pocket passer. He will be throwing the ball a lot to his various weapons. And I could see a situation where Jonu Smith, who I think is the better tight end than Hunter Henry, is playable in a decent amount of weeks. And Hunter Henry could even sneak a few good weeks. That's the thing right now. Like, how can go to someone who is like, obviously, maybe you don't like the situation right now. If Cam starts next year, that really stinks. But Go to someone in your dynasty league who's thinking about that and being like, oh, no, I have Johnny Smith, and this is it's all over for me. If there is someone, if there's not, don't force anything. Or maybe even Hunter Henry, because I feel like a lot of people love John, who Johnny Smith dynasty owners love his talent for the most part. Go to them and just see if you're going to be able to get them for cheap. And because their value can't really go lower than this. Right, Chris? Mm-hmm but it can sure as heck go higher. What if Kendrick Bourne just doesn't work out? Then they've just got Nelson Aguilar, and then they're two tight ends. What if that just happens? What if we? That, mm-hmm. I'm perfectly good with that. Um, And here's my dynasty trade that I made. It was I traded Miles Sanders, T. Higgins, Adam Troutman in the 205 in the rookie draft and picked up Hunter Henry, DJ Chark, J.K. Dobbins, and the 107. So that was obviously part of a larger package. But the original deal was just without Hunter Henry for Adam Troutman. And I did the Henry for Troutman swap while also, I think, adding in the picks. I think the deal was without the picks as well. I'm pretty sure. So I think I added in the picks with that. So that's like a really good upgrade with getting Hunter Henry and a better pick, like a t- 10 spots better for um, 
I mean, trading Adam Troutman, who may not have that much upside in that Saints offense, although he could, for Hunter Henry, who his upside is mysterious. But, I mean, I've heard a lot of fantasy analysts really off of them. So if you're in, like, an expert league even, you still might be able to buy them low. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I, I mean, these two tight ends, I think they can both be very fantasy relevant. That's the thing. I think they, yeah. I, I'm not going to say very but I think they both can be fantasy relevant, and I'm not going to go guarantee it. But, I mean, you should hear some of the things people are saying. They're like, oh, this is over. They're, they're flat out avoiding all of them. They think this is an impossible situation. Maybe it is right now. Maybe it won't be in the future. And who? what's the point of not – why would you not buy them right now if someone's going to give you a fair price for them? Like, even if they don't get better – if you pay chump change, that's a fair price. Like, a fair price for a guy who didn't do well. If they do get better, you pay chump change for someone good. So, just go out, look, see if you can get a buy. And we got two tight ends left before we wrap up. Rob Gronkowski signs with the Buccaneers again. I think he'll be a low-end tight end one next year. One-year deal. He'll stay with Brady. And with Antonio Brown likely to leave, it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Kyle Rudolph, two years, $12 million with the New York Giants. This is interesting. It'll hurt Evan Ingram. I do think that while Jan- since Daniel Jones is going to get better, I think feel like Evan Ingram won't get hurt too much, and he might even get better next year. Chris, you said you thought that Evan Ingram might be traded, though. Tell us about that. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely an option here for the Giants. Kyle Rudolph is definitely a capable, capable starter, and maybe they look to the later rounds to grab a second tight end. But, I mean... Evan Ingram is not that good of a tight end. He is a very good playmaker, but his hands just aren't there. And he's not some massive tight ends. I mean, Kyle Rudolph and Evan Ingram are basically polar opposite when when it comes to playing the tight end position. One is more of a playmaker speed guy, and one is just a pure red zone target. I'm really excited that the Giants got this because they didn't really have the pure red zone target. I mean, now they signed Kenny Galladay, so maybe they do. And that's why, I mean, it would make sense. If this signing definitely makes sense for the Giants. And it would also make sense for them to trade Evan Ingram and maybe look to the draft. But, uh, I mean, Evan Ingram is still a solid guy. So I, I wouldn't be mad if they traded him for some picks. I also wouldn't be mad if they just kept him. I think that he can still develop into a nice tight end. All right. Yeah, I like it. But don't forget that Evan Ingram's a pro bowler. 2020 pro bowl tight end, Evan Ingram. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty funny. All right. That's the end of the episode. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at SGF pod for updates. Follow our live show at SG sports talk. Click the link in the description. You don't even have to have a Twitter account to click the link in the description. Go to twitter.com slash SG sports talk. Click the link. Follow us on sportscaster to be notified when we go live. And actually later today, which is actually yesterday because this is dropping on Monday. I did some March madness whip around coverage. Uh, I did that as well on Saturday and I might do some more later on. It's uh, been a lot of fun for me calling March madness games. So um, make sure to check that out. And at on second goal sports talk, we've got weekly live, a weekly live show. So make sure to follow, be notified when we go live and yeah, make sure to leave a review on Apple podcasts. Uh, Just, I mean, shout us out on Twitter. If you like our show, that really helps us out. I mean, we haven't gotten it. We haven't actually gotten a review in a while. We had a few at the start there, but I mean, maybe we haven't been hyping it up enough. Go leave us Mm -hmm. a review. If you like the show, it really helps because when people go look at the show, Right now, we've got 20 reviews, all five stars. That looks pretty good, but if we could get to 25, that looks even better. 
like 20 versus 25, to be honest, is a lot different because 20 feels like, okay, maybe it's like both the co-hosts reviewed and stuff like that. And then it gets down. But 25 is like, that's a little bit more people. That's like a little bit of a community that we're starting to form. And that's what we want to do with this show. Form mm-hmm. a community. Yep. All right. Um, email us second goal fantasy at gmail.com second goal sports talk at gmail.com. If you want to be a guest on our show, we're always looking for guests. Email us, tell us where you're like, if you have like a podcast, if you don't, that's fine too. I mean, just tell us who you are and we'll consider you as a guest for our show. And you can send us questions as well. Well, almost certainly if they're about fantasy, we'll answer your questions at the beginning of this next show. If you send us them. And um, just tag at SGF pod if you want them on the show. If you want your questions answered on Twitter, just tag us at Calvin underscore SGF at Chris underscore SGF. Chris isn't on Twitter as much. So be wary. You like it's probably less likely you get a response since he's like not really on Twitter that much. But if Mm -hmm. you at me, I'll definitely give you a response for sure. Yep. Or and also you can at me and just tell me to like text Chris and ask him. Or if you, yeah, if you at both of us, I'll just text Chris and ask him what he thinks. Yeah, just ask. Just say like you would ask. I you know Chris isn't on Twitter, right? Do so you want to get in touch with him just since he's like the better fantasy analyst? But you're going through Calvin. Yeah, I'll tell them like, oh, he's the better fantasy analyst, but he's not on Twitter. So I'll text him and ask him what he thinks. Mm-hmm. No, of course, but I'm the better fantasy analyst. You don't need his opinion. Okay. All right. Thank you for listening, everyone. Uh, and we will see you next time. Oh, wait. I guess I'm going to have to. Oh, I'm going to have to edit in the intro. I didn't share the computer sound. Oopsie. Whoops. Okay. We'll edit in the intro after. It's all right. Now we're sharing the computer sound so you can hear the outro. Thanks for listening. And, and you heard the intro too because I edited it in. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time.